0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get to Oasis. Because my brain's thinking Patrick Mahomes and football and other stuff. When, uh, Kelsey decided to crash the opening concert, uh, draft weekend. Oh, wow. I was literally about as close to Kelsey and Mahomes as I am to you right now. Uh, That's cool. I was right
1: there in front of the stage.
0: That That's really cool. That's cool. That's a fun experience. It's, it's cool to have, uh, you know, to have people that you like to watch play sports or act or do whatever... So anyway, um, yeah, let's 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 start let's start because our time is limited. Uh, let's start with a prayer. Um, so like, if you're comfortable wherever you are, uh, close your eyes and bow your head. If you need to relax and get out of your seat and walk around a little bit, uh, wh- whatever. This is this is a this is a safe space to just be with the Lord. Um, so let me just let me let me let us spend some time in silence. Uh, I believe the greatest, the greatest intimacy that you can have with the Lord or with another human is to share silence together. Almighty God, your love endures forever and your faithfulness transcends time and space. You're kind and you're good. And we want to rest in your presence, God. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and his presence on this planet. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for being our oasis, our rest and our refreshment. We love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being an overflowing fountain of rest within us. Go with us today, Father. Help us to release any form of grasping for power, grasping for recognition, wanting to produce more. And help us to just lean and press into you, not just here in this space, in this time, but in the span of our life. We love you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, before the pandemic, life was a little different. And I I think... I think we can all say um, that we kind of remember kind of what that was like. And I know, I know like, like our generation, this generation that, that lived through this pandemic, like there are other generations have lived through worse, world wars, depressions, And so I'm not trying to uh, uh, elevate or de-escalate what we've lived through, is just, I'm just stating a reality, right? That the world is different now. Um, my life is different now. I used to, um, just by, by natural default, natural wiring and, and makeup within my genetics and my personality, very driven, um, type a personality, um, alpha leader, uh, seven on the Enneagram, you know, all those things, all those things, right? Um, go getter. Um, yeah. And, and so n- not that there's anything wrong with being a hard worker and having goals and dreams and aspirations, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I think, as a matter of fact, that's something that God wants us to embrace. But, but when it takes over your life and, and your mindset is about producing something, growing something, making something of something, uh, and that's all you're fixated on, and you miss out on what, what the it is really all about, but then you don't live a life of rest. And you don't live a life of refreshment. Because we're constantly trying to produce and grasp. And so then, then we begin to leverage things like power, right? We begin to leverage people. And then we begin to use people. Because there's the thing we're trying to produce, right? Um, and I, and, and I'm, I'm talking mainly of like, and I'm not going to get into a history lesson, but the industrial revolution screwed us up. (laughs) Humanity, not just, you know, not just the United States, but humanity. And we know why the industrial revolution occurred is because of the war and we know why wars occur and like, right, let's just be real. We could just trace it all the way back to Genesis (laughs) three, the brokenness of, the planet and humanity Um, and and so and so I think I think within the marketplace and within our world there's this desire to achieve and to get and to work and to do and to more right more let's make more let's get more let's produce more Um, and I think it's kind of permeated into um, Western Christianity and the Western church, right? Because if a church, maybe the church you attend or the church where you lead at, you know, isn't, uh, isn't 500 or 1,000 people yet, then there's something wrong, we gotta work harder, right? If it's not up and to the right, right? Whether you're a farmer, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, you work for the city, you're a teacher, you're a pastor, we've got these ideas of what success looks like. And it typically looks like up and to the right. And if it's not, something's wrong. And it's typically with us. Some strategy's not working, we're not putting enough hours in, um, a study just came out uh, t- a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, that our country is the most overworked country in the world. And consequently, we're the least happiest mm. in the world. And consequently, we have the most material possessions in the world. Yet we're the emptiest in the world do you see the correlation Mm -hmm. um and and so like yeah and so something that the pandemic taught me um was that instacart is good Hmm. you're like what uh so so before the pandemic uh you know, we used to go grocery shopping, and my wife mainly. But I used to go with her, and I hated every minute of it because I just don't like going grocery shopping. But but you know, you go grocery shopping, and you load the cart, and you you know, you 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 know, go through the line, and you bag everything, and you get you know, you carry all the bags in the trunk, and then you get home, and what do you got to do when you get home? You got to get the bags out of the car, load everything, and and um, and I remember when we first got married, we lived in a small apartment. Uh, and it was it was two stories up and there was like one flight of steps and then another flight of steps to get up to our place. And I, I hated carrying the groceries up um, because it was just a pain. And, and, and it was like the more she bought, the more we had to carry. And so this is what I this is what I would do, because I'd be like, OK, if I could get this done quickly. <laughs> right. It's, it's just less hassle, less pain. And so I would uh, and you may do this. You try to grab as many grocery bags as humanly possible, right, in each arm so that you can get the groceries up. And so I, I, I would do that and what I would notice is that, number one, I, like by the time I got up I was like exhausted because it's really heavy and I felt like my arm was going to literally come off my shoulder socket. Uh, and and, and uh, like I would say, I don't want to, don't do this again, Carlos, because just carry two bags, you know. But every time that the groceries would come, guess what I would do? I'd load up each arm because I don't, I just want to get over with. But I would, I would overload myself. But then I began to notice that, um, that my hands would start to get numb. You know what I'm saying? Like because the bags are like digging into you and they cut off circulation and then like your fingers are turning purple and you're, you're, but you're like, I'm, I'm getting these groceries up, <laughs> you know. My family's livelihood depends on it, you know. And, and, you, you, and you, by the time you get up there, like you just, your hands can't feel anything because mm-hmm. you've overworked them. And I think that's the state of our soul. Mm-hmm. I think we've overworked ourselves so much that our soul has gotten numb. Numb to, you know, maybe the distance that has grown between us and God. Maybe numb to the presence of God in our lives and the presence of God in the lives of our kids and our families and in our workplace. And because we just, you know, you just get in and you just, and you get back up on Tuesday and do it again and back again and, you know. But there's got to be a remedy for that. And Jesus invites us into that remedy. That's the beautiful thing. Um, before we get it, so the text I want to just kind of jump into, it's, it's, it's been a text that's been the heart and soul of our church in 2023, uh, and it's Matthew chapter 11, and I'm going to read from a specific translation that I enjoy. You don't have to read from that, but, um, but if, you, if you want it to make sense from what I'm reading, it's going to be um, Matthew 11, verses 28 uh, through about 30. And it's going to be from the Passion Translation. So if you use Uversion Bible app, just look for the Passion Translation, TPT, and that's the one I'll be using. Um, but before we get into that invitation of, that Jesus makes, I want to kind of uh, set some groundwork and like take us back to where the thing just kind of, you know went astray, and, and I mentioned it earlier, Genesis 3. But what happens in Genesis 3 is not just that sin comes into humanity and breaks the relationship between God and man. Yes, that occurs there, right? We know, we know that, right? And I don't want to make assumptions, but I, we're at Pepperdine at a Christian conference, so I'm, I am going to make a little bit of an assumption that you understand that. Genesis 3, the fall of man, sin comes into humanity, and, you know... Everything goes amok, right? Um, but, but specifically, w- one thing that I want to talk about that, that I think sets some groundwork for what we're talking about today for the remainder of our time is that, is that from that moment on, there was a system that, that, that began to take effect, okay? Now, I want you to understand the world of systems and, and systemics. We, systems are all over, all around us, Okay? Everything works in systems. What does that mean? Well, it means that just one thing relies upon another, right? Like an ecosystem. All right. There's the word system. All right. Government system, religious system, family system. Okay. Um, cultural system. But but Genesis three unleash that world of systems. Okay, and one of those was was this this system of production. All right, we see that God puts like this curse, which is really not a curse. People say it's a curse. It's really not a curse. You know, on man about working, and then and then ladies, you'd have what uh, uh, birth pains, right? You know, when when you give birth, and then the snake is supposed to now you're gonna crawl on the floor, snake. And I'm just like, well, what was it doing beforehand? You know, was it flying around? Was it walking? Did it have two legs? Right? Did you ever think about that? Maybe it did have legs. I don't know. Now it's supposed to be crawling on the ground. All right. And so now what we have is, 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 is we have these systems that begin to govern how we live. And since that time till now, we've, we've kind of been ruled by that. All right? And so, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding a whole lot. Now we're in Matthew 11, okay? And, and Jesus has been dealing with the religious leaders of their day because they were operating under a religious system, okay? Amongst other things. A cultural system, a government system. They were ruled by Rome at the time. And their cultural system was Judaism, okay? But then they were also living under a religious system, that they, if we can be honest, had really screwed up. You know what I mean? Like they were supposed to be doing it a certain way. And it, it went away. You know? Um, and so Jesus steps on the scene. God decides to put on flesh. He decides to step down from eternity and divinity and reside with humanity, right? Right? to invite us into something different, that looks different, feels different, okay? And, and, and so, the, so so they're having this conversation and, and Jesus is picking up on, he's picking up on what they're dealing, you know? They're dealing some stuff that Jesus, that's not what Jesus is dealing, you know? And, and, and Jesus says these words, Matthew 11, let's just pull them up. Uh, There we go. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? He says, Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, And you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. I love that. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Now that's something completely different than what the people of his day were hearing. Because what they were hearing is, well, you have to do this and you have to do that. And you can't do that, but you must do this one, and this is when you do it, and this is how you do it, right? That's what they had been hearing. And so Jesus steps on the scene, and he says, there's something better, okay? There's something fresher that I've got for you. Now, mind you, I want to I wanna say this too, because a lot of times we, we hear, right? Because we, we hear Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You know, Jesus says, you heard that it was said, you know, uh, for example, uh, uh, um, love, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, you know? But then he's like, but I tell you, but I tell you. He said that several times, but I tell you. Like, you heard that it was said, like, do things this way, but I tell you. And so a lot of us, like, think, oh, well, Jesus came to do away with the law. He came to do away with the, the law and the prophets and the Old Testament. He came to bring something new. Yes and no. Yes and no. Jesus actually, that's not what the Bible says. Jesus actually came to fulfill the law. Not do it away with. Right? Okay? But I, I want to take it a step further. He just didn't fulfill the law. He didn't just like, okay, check. Fulfilled it. No. How do, I, how do I say it? He illuminated the law. He, he, he stuck his hand in it and pulled out, this is kind of gruesome, and pulled out its heart. And he said, this is the heart of the law. You heard that it was said, okay, great, but here's the heart of the law. Here's what this really means. It's not about doing stuff It's about you grasping what it really means and letting it reside in your heart. And so so Jesus steps into the scene and he makes this invitation to everybody to rest and refreshment, right? Um, How many of you are, like, are you you tired? Let me ask you this. Do you always say, man, I'm always tired? How many of you say that? Yeah, right? I think that's like everybody. Like, man, I'm always tired. Do you ever wonder why? Like why are we always tired? You know? And I get it like we, we watch TV and we listen to podcasts and to talk about why we're tired and all that but we just like we don't we hear it but we're like ah, okay. But I got to do what I got to do. Okay? But we know why we're tired, right? We know why we're tired. We're, we're not getting enough sleep. We're not getting enough exercise, we're not eating right, we're not getting enough fresh air, we're not, eat, we're not breathing right, we're not even sitting correctly, you know? Um, uh, yeah, there's so much to that. But, but, but we're tired. And so what, let me ask you this question, and, and you just think about it right now. Don't answer. What is the heavy burden you're carrying right now? And maybe if you need to write it down somewhere, do that. What is your heavy burden right now? Is it your relationship with a son, a daughter, your husband, your wife? Mom, dad? Is it that you got a diagnosis maybe just last week or last month? Is it that you're about to lose your job? Is it just, just being frank and just direct? Is it sin you've been dealing with for a long time that we all deal with, right? That just weighs down on us? There's, um, there's this father-son story, uh, Matthew and Dan Wilkinson, and, and it happened here in California. And I saw this, this, this news report on it, uh, I guess last year sometime. This is, this is how the story goes. This is what I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening, I'm watching the news and this story comes on, okay? Dan is the son, uh, Matthew is the dad. They were at their home and, and dad was working on his truck Okay, I think it, it might have been like in Sacramento that this occurred. Dad was working on his truck, he had his truck on these lifts, and he was, he was changing out the brakes. He was changing out brake pads and, and, um, and rotors, okay? And so Dad was underneath the car, um, and he's, he's, he's trying to get the rotor off. Now, it's nighttime. Dad had, had been at work all day, got home, was like, I got to do this. This has to get done. And, and so he starts working on the car. It was already nighttime. His son's out there with him, helping him. Okay? And as he was trying to, to, to and the rotor was stuck, and as he was trying to, to just dislodge the rotor, one of, one of the, 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 the jacks, or he had, it, he had it on these lifts, one of the lifts, comes loose and falls on the dad. His son was there, and it, he, his son said it happened so fast. His, his son, uh, at the, last year, he was uh, uh, 14 years old, 15 years old, and um, he said it happened so fast, I saw it fall, and then I heard my dad take a breath and then not breathe anymore and I saw what was going on, and this is wild. The son said, all I could think about doing was grabbing the corner of the truck and just trying to pick it up just enough so my dad can can get out. And that's what he did. It's a real story. Wild, okay? And, and so they're interviewing the dad and the son. They have footage of it because the, the, the family had like, you know, security cameras catching, you know, the thing. And they showed this footage on the news. It is like, I was I, I was sitting on my couch. I got up. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, it, it, his son gets on the corner of the truck, pulls it like, it just, just enough and 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 was like just dad was able to get out and i was just like oh my gosh and i think that's that that's how i see jesus's invitation i see his invitation to us one of causing us to say jesus i'm tired of carrying the load and i just need you to get up under that corner And just lift. Instead of me being the one that's always doing the heavy lifting. And that's the invitation. That's what he's saying. He's saying, connect yourself with me. I'll carry the load. It will be lighter. It will be more pleasant. And you'll be a whole lot nicer person than you are right now. And you'll be less tired you know, you'll have rest and refreshment. Um, We've got so much technology. We've got apps that do things for us. Now we have AI, um, Skynet, that will take over the world in about 10 years. And we'll have robots walking around. If you haven't seen Terminator, watch Terminator. Terminator. Um, Not just kidding. I'm um, no. I mean, it's. <laughs> but maybe. But maybe. I mean, possibly. So me or around. the patients, It's one of the two. it's it's listening. Just kidding. Okay. We you love know? you. Yeah. I'm your friend. <laughs> Don't kill us Remember your me, Carlos. All the technology all the time uh, now. Number eight two one zero zero. We'll I have numbers. You know. I yeah, know I said bad things about you, Alexa. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but, but we have so many apps and so much technology, yet we're still so tired. We're, still, you know, we're trying to find ways to facilitate life, but we find ourselves still being more and more tired. Um, but here's why. Because here's why. I know we've, we've talked a lot about being physically tired. But I think our, our, our being tired, the root of it is not physical exhaustion. The root isn't even uh, uh, emotional or mental exhaustion, even though they they are they are parallel and they 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 do tie in together. Okay, when 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 we're going through mental health issues, when we're dealing with depression or anxiety or anything else for that matter, it's going to affect you physically. So I'm I'm not <laughs> that's a fact. Okay, but I think it goes even deeper than than mental and emotional. Health, I think it goes into our spiritual health. I think that's where that's where it all stems from. And so, if, if spiritually we're not rested, if spiritually we're not finding refreshment, then we're not we're not going to find that physically, emotionally, or mentally. Does that make sense? Okay. Why do you think? Okay, okay, who like? Who lived? Who lives a busier life than Jesus? Like, come on, let's be real, right? It seemed like Jesus was always on the go, and he was. He was. I mean, and they didn't have you know Lyft or Uber. It wasn't like, yo, Peter, get get, get an Uber, bro. It was you know, it was like, yo, Peter, uh, get your sandals because we are about to walk for a long time, you know. And, and, and so like, crowds, places. But I I, I see something. Very consistent with Jesus. That he would, and you've heard this before, he would often get away, right? He would often get away. To be with who? To be on his phone? To be with, you know, a best friend? No, not even, right? Well, yes, to be with his father, you know? He would get away to just to be with God because he needed to replenish himself spiritually. He needed to be rested and refreshed spiritually and for him the father was the only source of that so he invites us that's what's really that's really what he's inviting us into is is that relationship um the the word oasis i uh, I don't know if you've ever been like to a desert maybe like right i live in a desert you I live was. in a desert yeah and so you you know so so the definition of oasis is, is basically, right, a, a place of, uh, of plush um, of vegetation and water surrounded by a, a deserted, dry, arid place, okay? Um, the definition of a mirage, which also they occur in deserts. A mirage is basically a hallucination, is seeing something Um, that may seem to be closer than it is, but it really isn't. And I think we all, I think when it comes to our work and our production and what we grasp for and what we're trying to always achieve is more like a mirage than an an oasis, right? Um, and so Jesus invites us into this oasis that he talks about there in Matthew 11, um, I'm going to tie I'm going to tie something and 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 I'm going to tie something for you. The invitation Jesus makes in Matthew 11 is a return to pre-Genesis 3. So the invitation he's making is a return back to the oasis of the garden. Because what what we had in the garden was a very close, intimate relationship with God. Where everything that revolved around our world was our relationship with God. And not, right, grasping for things. And so the invitation Jesus makes is like, hey, return back to me to this place of rest and refreshment that existed. With the father. So what he's saying is not like, hey, let me you just come and be with me, and let's live in a cocoon together, and like you know, uh, we'll we'll have ourselves a little commune somewhere. No, what he's saying is, I'm making an invitation to, to to the garden again, to oasis, but it's not a place; it's a person. It's it's Jesus, okay? Because with Jesus as our oasis. We can be surrounded by desert dryness, but still be in the presence of water and plush green grass internally right and so how do we do that is the question right like how do we how do we say yes to this invitation how do we um, yeah, how do we take steps towards that? Well, here we go. Here's, here's a few things. Um, the first thing um, is to just pause and ask yourself. My wife has asked me this question. Here, here it is, here's the question. Are you happy? Are you happy? Because the answer to that is probably going to be very descriptive of how you're feeling inside. And if you're not refreshed and if you're not rested, you're probably not happy. I'm just gonna walk out on a limb and say that. Probably not happy. And so so the first thing is just to be honest with yourself, ourselves, right? Like, are you happy? Um, begin there, right? Begin there. If you take anything away from our time together today. Is just walk away with just hey, just like, I just need to be honest with myself. Like, am I happy? Do you you know, God really does want us to be happy. He, like, He does. You know, it, it's like a lot of time we we become Christians and we're like doing this God thing and we're like, oh, I'm just God wants me to be to suffer and to be miserable and um. Uh, I, just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sacrifice like Jesus did. And I got, you know, like, okay, yeah, I get it, okay. we can, can, let's, let's get over ourselves, you know? Like, God just really, he does want you to be happy. That's why he loves us so much, you know? And so, like, in what you're doing, like, are you happy? Are you, like, working 60 hours a week? Like, just burning the candle at both ends? Are you like, like you, you barely see your spouse because you're working so much and they're working so much and you got to pay the bills off and you got to pay the new car you just got and you, you got to send the kids off to college. And no, Listen, listen, listen. Nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But we have to be realistic with what's going on in here with us. Does that make sense? All right, so so, be real with yourself. Ask yourself a question. How much time we got? When does this thing end anyway? I think technically 9.45. At 9.45? Yeah. Okay. You didn't get a two-hour class. <laughs> okay. I checked because I was like, I feel like we could sit here for two hours. Okay, okay, here we go. I, I will have to speak very fast and condense some things. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, all right, number one, how do you, how do you how do you like how do you step into this? How do you, yeah? I'm like, gosh, I've, I've worked sixty hours my whole life. I'm like, how do I stop? How do I slow down? How do I rest? Uh, well, here's the, the first word is come, come. Jesus says come. Jesus just come, come, just come, come, come. Like C O M E, right? It, it's it's a it's a word of movement. It's a movement word, right? It's a, it's a word that causes us to say, "Okay, this is going to require movement of me." And so, like like am I going to move from where I'm at right now, right? Am I going to and am I am I going to stay in the same spot? Right? In the rat race, in the hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it, or am I going to move out of it? Okay? So he says, "Come." Um There's deeper movement needed in our lives. It's gotta be deeper. You go, oh, well, I go to church already. No, no, that's not, that's not, that's not. Jesus didn't say come to church <laughs> in Matthew 8. Come, come to the prayer gathering. Come to the worship night. Come to the lectureship. No, he, he said, come to me. He said, come to me, right, for rest. I'm glad you're here, but if you thought you were going to come here to like be like, Man, I'm going to get spiritually, whoo, it's going to be so good. Ah! Nothing against you, Pepperdine peeps. Ah! You probably would have been better off just saying, you know what, I'm going to get an Airbnb for four days up in the mountains somewhere. I'm going to book a cabin up in the mountains. With a nice fireplace and some nice windows and a great place to hike, and I'm just going to be with the Lord, right? Nothing against here. This is great, but rest is got to. We got to start looking at looking for it in different ways. Okay. Um, so, so what about the word "come" and movement? Um, Here it is. Here it is. I want to, I definitely want to say this, that the distance doesn't matter, but the decision matters. Mm -hmm. What matters is the decision, not the distance. Okay. So when it comes to rest and refreshment and you coming to Jesus for that rest and refreshment, it's not like, all right, as soon as I get back home, I'm quitting my job. You know, kids. Find another mom. You know what? Like, no, that's not like that. It's not like, oh, I got to do these like big changes, like these huge steps. Distance doesn't matter. Decision matters. It's you making a decision. It's us making a decision to say, okay, um, do you know, do you know that, that very small, incremental, consistent changes in your life will lead to big dividends at the end? You know that, Okay start making adjustments, small increments. How you manage your time. Here's one. How do you manage your energy? How do you manage your energy? Okay. Anyway, I don't have enough time to talk about all that. All right, so the next word, so number two is the word two, T-O, two. I'll just go ahead and write the, the third one. So come is a word of movement. To, to, to is a word of, of direction. Come is saying you got to make a move. Two is saying where to, where to make the move to, right? It's a, it's a directional. To there, right? Here. And so Jesus makes it very clear where do you need where do you where do you head in moments of weariness, trouble, pain, confusion, and doubt? Where do you go? Do you go to the Netflix series that you've been wanting to binge watch? Do you go to the bottle? do you go to you fill in the blank, right? We're humans, we know where we go. Where do you go? Where do you go when you're just depleted, man? You're so tired and yet still feel so entitled because you're like, I work hard, you know? I deserve dot, 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 you know? Where do you go? Um. Hmm. Yeah. You know when you go into the mall, and there's the big—you know—the big map, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to get to Macy's. I'm trying to get to Foot Lock or whatever. And you're like, okay, where well, I gotta go? And you know, and, and what is the first thing you look for for that little sticker that says what? You are here. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Two. Two is directional. But you've got to know where you are. Where are you? But God asked Adam and Eve that question. When they totally messed up everything we had going for us. <laughs> you know? Where are you? As if God, right? As if God really needed to know, you know? It was, it was a rhetorical question, right? To cause thought. And so you are here. Yes, you are here in Pepperdine, but where are you? Where's your you are here? Because we know where Jesus is, right? Or do we? He's not at the church building. He's he's with us every moment. So if you are here and he's here, then rest and refreshment is here. Available. Accessible. Applicable. At any moment. Just gotta make a move and make a move towards him. Okay. Last one. Um, me. Me, 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 me. Um, I mentioned this at the beginning a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, Luke 10. And, and give me, give me, I'll, I'll wrap up. Luke 10. Remember uh, Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary, right? Uh, uh, Martha's like, bah, 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 you know, like. You got to get it done, got to get it done, get the, 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 get the app out, all right, get the iRobot out, you know, Uh, you know, uh uh you uh, know, uh, air fryer, come on, get the air fryer on, Jesus wants some chicken wings, you know, whatever, right? She's like getting everything going, and Mary is like, she knows that you are here, she knows where she is, and she knows where he is, and that's all she cares about. Time and space stopped for her because it was just it was just the two of them. I know I got to wrap up, right? You can say again? Go as long as you need. Oh wow. Okay. Well, cheers to you, Elliot. I'm not gonna keep you any longer. Don't (laughs) worry. I'm gonna wrap up. But but um. But she's like, she's like I'm, I'm here. And you know, his, her sister, Jesus, why don't, I can't believe it, Jesus, right? I can't believe it. She's not helping me. She's not helping me. Can you say something? And he does say something. Like, she, she's, she's picked the right thing. This is Luke 10. She's picked the right thing, you know? She's with me. Like, Like, calm down. Settle down. Martha, you know, me, 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 incredibly personal. How can you take your relationship with Jesus a little bit more personal and intimate? I don't know. I, you have to figure that out. I know how I have to do it. I know how I have done it over the course of my life. I know what has worked, what hasn't worked for me to be more intimate with Jesus and with the Lord and inviting the Holy Spirit into my, into my day into my second, into my every breathing moment, you you, you got to figure that out, right? Mary chose to do one thing. What did she do? She paused. She stopped everything and got on her knees. Maybe that's where we begin, right? Because what I mentioned earlier, I think it was in my prayer, I don't know, I don't remember. This is like 40 minutes ago, um, is the greatest intimacy you can share with another person is not sexual intimacy. You, wanna, you want to you be intimate with somebody, sit in a room with them in silence. And I'm not talking about staring at the wall in silence I'm not talking about like just like, you know, listening to your AirPods and si- like, like facing each other in silence. And addressing each other's humanity in silence. Hearing another human being breathe. You know what my favorite moment is with my son? I want to tell you what that is. In the morning, I go in to wake him and I walk in. I hear him breathing, and it's totally silent. Nobody's up, and I just hear him breathe, and his humanity is so real to me, and I haven't even touched him. The greatest intimacy you can share with God is spend time in silence with him. Him. Just listen to him breathe. Listen to him breathe all around you. Don't say a word. Don't think that you have to read a passage to be holy and close to him or say the prayer, but just be in silence and listen to him breathe. Share that moment with him more often. We listen to so much. We got so much content. You can listen to the best preachers, the best worship music, all at your fingertips at any time. And you know what? Like, Satan just loves that. He just loves it. Because it's pulling us away from the most intimate. Moments we can share with God. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, that's all I got. I got more, but that's all I got. <laughs> all right. God bless you. All right. Um, let me say a prayer over you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For your presence. For giving us rest and inviting us into your presence to release all form of um, achieving and grasping and producing. And so, Father, we just... uh, We come to you acknowledging that we need you right now. We need your rest. We need your refreshment. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come into our time and space and our families, our hearts, and lead us to a place of rest and intimacy with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Have a great rest of your day, okay?